0: Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
1: Hello and welcome to Rams Talk episode 24. Uh, it's a little bit of a Paul Warn special today, mainly because pretty much nothing else has happened over the past week at Derby. All our games have been called off for international duty. So we'll, we'll touch on a couple of the players that have gone off and, and played for their national teams. And yeah, we'll just have a nice chat about everything that's happened because it's, it's certainly a big change. Uh, I've got three great lads on with me today. Uh, first off, Harry Arben. How are you, mate?
2: I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me on.
1: Yeah, no worries. No worries. Good to good to have you back, mate. Um, also got Jimmy Gregory. Jimmy, how are you, mate?
3: Not bad. Cheers, Jake. Cheers for having us. No worries.
1: No worries. A debut for you today, which is always good. And uh, last but not least, Tom Souden. How are you, pal?
4: Hey, mate. I'm not too bad, thank you. That is
1: good to hear. Now, as I said already, it's it's a little bit of a Paul Warren special. So, you know, last episode goes out. We're talking about how Resenia's style of play. How could we make it work away from home? We'll never see it because he's well, he's not gone yet. He's not officially left the club, has he? But he's he's no longer the manager. We've brought in Paul Warren. Um, first off, we'll talk about Liam Resenia. Uh Harry, how did you react when you first heard the news that Resenia wouldn't be getting the manager's job?
2: I wasn't surprised. I think some people were, and the reaction on Twitter was that most of the fan base, in my eyes, were coming across that they were surprised by it. But I think it's the thing that's cost him is the away form. Um, after this weekend's games, we have got the worst away form in the league, and you can't you can't expect to do anything top end of the table with that sort of away form. Um, I think it's quite sad on is half that he hasn't had too long in the job and we know that, that it's the job that he wants. He wants to be the manager and lead the team. Um, but I think it, it's the right thing to do. Uh, any longer of that away form and the teams at the top will pull away, will be around the mid-table and then when we do make the change, it'll be too late. So I'm not yeah. surprised.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, and it's it's not just the fact that we we haven't won any games away; it's the fact we've not even scored a goal, um, which you know, for to, to be what four, or five away games in now, and we've not found the back of the net at all. I mean, we did obviously in the cup against Mansfield, but it's it's the cup. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I think when you sort of when you look at it overall, you think, wow, we're in seventh; we've we've done okay so far. It seems strange that the manager's gone. I think when you look at a lot of the games that we've won, obviously at home, all of them, a lot of individual quality is kind of papered over those cracks a little bit. Um, of the fact that you know maybe we're we're not looking as good as maybe we should. Um, Jimmy, you know, spoke there about the fact that we've we've not scored away from home. How frustrating is it knowing that we've got all these quality players and we just haven't been able to find the back of the net?
3: Extremely frustrating, particularly when we haven't had the hardest run of away games. I mean, when you look at our home games, they've been, you couldn't have picked much harder home games. So it's, it's a little bit strange and it's gone completely inverted like that. You'd have thought that with the players we got, we'd have started scoring away from home, but maybe struggled at home. And I wonder if people might have accepted that a bit more when you look at the fixtures, because we haven't played really, we haven't really played any minnows at home. Like we have away, we haven't played like Fleetwood or Shrewsbury at home. We've done them away, so you would have expected us to score there. Whereas at home, if we're playing against the likes of Plymouth and Wickham teams where you'd have thought they're probably going to be up there, then people might have accepted struggling at home a bit more. But it is still frustrating because at certain games, like Fleetwood, we've had plenty of chances and that was just a case of we just needed someone to flap it in off their arse or something. That's, That's all it needed and it would have broken the duck. So it is frustrating with the quality we've got that we haven't managed to just knock at least one in.
1: Yeah, 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 I agree with you. Um, You know, it could have come off anything and and gone in and we would have been happy, but it hasn't. It hasn't at all. And, you know, you spoke about some of the games there, Uh, Saud. I think something that was mentioned, it was mentioned on, on Radio Derby on Friday, it might have been by you, Jimmy, is that that Lincoln game. That was the real turning point, and and the time when people started to get a little bit worried about the away form, wasn't it?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think is it now on head with uh, with Racinia and I saw uh, I saw something on social media uh, when he actually didn't get the job because I w- I was gutted it originally because let's be honest, he's been he's been through it all with us, and I feel like he's he's one of us now. Um. And people forget he actually recruited all these players in on his own. He didn't have any help with that. So he's, he's done a really good job in that respect. But when Curtis Davis come out and said that he was responsible for ninety percent of the influence in Wayne Rumors era, someone put on social media then he's responsible for the away form. And I can't really argue with that. Got a very good point and it's carried on. He's got. We've got players in, and the away forms not picking up. The 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 Lincoln Shrewsbury game, yeah, we're, were poor for me. Can kind of understand a little bit, to some respect, if we had a slow start because the team gelling all these new players. But we sh- we seem to be creating a lot of chances, but not scoring, and I don't understand why. Even at home, I mean, I know we've scored a few at home, but we create so many chances and so many. Clear cut chance, and it's like, why? Why is no one putting it in the back of the net?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
4: is it the system? Is it the system that that is being played? Are we not taking enough shots? Because I mean, Conor Houran's got the best best left foot in the uh, in League One, no doubt about it. Probably going to get Sheffield Wednesday fans saying, oh, I was Banner just thinking that <laughs> it, he's, not, he's not on the same level as Conor Horan because Conor Horan's come from a premiership club and he were in the Championship player final. Barry Bannon's been playing League One back, back end of Championship football for a long time, so I'll have that argument with any Sheffield Wednesday fan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it just seems to me like we want to walk the ball in the net even away from home, and sometimes you can't do that. So you need to be a shoot on sight and be a horrible aggressive and stop giving away cheap goals, really, like we like we have done.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Sal, you, you're absolutely spot on. It's, the problem is, and I think it, it came with the style of play, was that we just weren't scoring goals, as you've said, because we're trying to walk it in and also at the same time, because we were playing that style of football, trying to walk it in, we ended up just giving the ball away in, in dangerous areas. And, you know, I think there's times where we've just tried to overplay it or well, pretty much just that actually, we've just tried to overplay it constantly and and it's caused us so many issues and I'm surprised we haven't conceded more goals from it um, because we've made some pretty criminal mistakes. I mean, I know it's at home, but I remember three or four times Wildsmith and a couple of the defenders played a, a couple of what could be classed as hospital passes, uh, which is a little bit of an understatement, um, you know, straight to their forwards. And we were just lucky they didn't take the chances. So yeah, I I do hope that, and obviously we'll get onto Paul Warren later on in the episode, but I do hope that, that that changes a little bit now and, and we do sort of use our heads a little bit more, but anyway, Harry, you know, just to kind of cap off um, the reminiscent of Liam Rossini, which seems very weird to say, um, it is sad, isn't it? It is very sad um, that he's gone. I think we were all desperate for him to succeed. Uh, I've seen quite a lot of parallels between him and Philip Koku, actually, which is quite interesting. Um, but, yeah, it is sad because he's been with us through everything, isn't it? And you, you can't underestimate what he's done for the club.
2: No, not at all. And I think it, it showed when he turned down the Blackpool job to stay at Derby. Well, obviously, we didn't know that at that time that Rooney was going to leave us so whether he knew already and wanted to stay so we could pick that job up. Um, and I think it shows his commitment to the club, what he's been through, like you say, and he's stuck with us, whereas people have left, walked, whereas he's stayed. And it'll be interesting, because I, I think I read that tomorrow he's having a meeting to see if he's going to stay on as the backroom staff or if he'll leave. Um, I hope he stays, but I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't blame him if he wanted to take his chance and left us. So,
4: so I, uh, I actually hope he does stay because I also think <clears throat> that he he came in in the Coco era. Coco didn't we all know what happened there, and then he's he's been assistant manager to Rooney, who's had no managerial managerial experience himself. So he's not actually been able to learn off any manager, so this is a perfect opportunity for him to learn off someone who's got out of League One multiple times, who's won a, a, I know it's the John, uh, Papa John's trophy, but he's won a trophy. <laughs> so it might be a good experience for him to work under an actual manager. Mm. Um, so I, I And I do hope he stays on, but I, I think that he needs that experience and that guidance as well.
3: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Jimmy? The only thing that makes me worry about that is, because I'd like the team stay as well. I really would. I, I fully agree with everything you're saying, I, I love Rosini, I think he's great. My only worry is, if he's sort of shoehorned in, as it appears he might have been when Cocker was there, will that undermine Paul Warren and his coach? Because obviously he's brought in his full team. And it might be one of those things where you can't turn down a coach like Rosinia, but I wonder if it's just too much of sort of a uh, hangover from a previous era for Paul Warren that makes it hard for players, especially if he's been the manager for a little bit, if it makes it hard for players to then differentiate between Liam Rosinia, the interim manager, and Liam Rosinia, the coach, and Paul Warren might, make, might feel like it's undermining him a little bit. So I'd love him to stay, but I wonder if either the club or he will take that stance of you can't really do it now that he's been manager and it's hard to then go back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That is a really good point. Um, and, and that's, that's the problem, isn't it? You know, you, we all know that the players love Resenia. They really respect him. And I guess maybe keeping him around might make it a lot tougher for Warren himself. You know, he's, he's, he's coming into the club as, as well as a, a completely new person if you've got someone that's already been there, it might cause him problems. So, yeah, I, I do agree, Jimmy. I think it's interesting. And I've just got a, a little bit of analysis here. Uh, there's an account called The Ramalist who very kindly sent us um, basically a little bit of information, but I think it ties in quite well with what we've been talking about. Uh, so, so two of the things that he sent me, we all know that Jason Knight's been playing out of position pretty much all season, um, which is, you know, not great. It's not great at all. And he, he sent me a little bit of information about the, the average touches that people take at positions such as right back. So the average right back takes 31 touches Knight, in his last game at right back took 64 touches. So over double what a normal right back would have. And again, another one that was really interesting, David McGoldrick playing as a center forward had 71 touches and eight shots. That's more touches than any other striker all season. And the second closest was another Derby player, James Collins, uh, in the game against Lincoln, who had 33. So that's over double the amount of touches per game. Wow. It's it's interesting, isn't it, that our attacking players are having a lot of touches,
2: but they're not really scoring many goals. What do you think, Harry? Um, I'm not surprised about McGoldrick having that many because he drops into good positions and he comes quite deep to retrieve the ball. Um, Jason Knight at right back, like we know that he likes to get on the ball and run forward with it. I think in, under Paul Warren, you won't see him at right back. I think he will be in the centre midfield with either, what does he play, three five two usually. So with Horahan or Bird or... Yeah, you could play all three if you really wanted to, if you went defensive. Um, but I think, it, like you've, we've all said, it's having the ball's not the problem. It's actually the end product that we've been failing with, really. It has been a fail um, so far. But I think, under, who knows what we'll see under poor Warren, but I just hope for once that we batter a team. That is the one thing I really want, is just to... Six nil, someone, and just absolutely gun <laughs> them down. That's all we need, honestly.
1: Yeah, I, I remember. I think the last time we scored four or more goals was that Birmingham away game where we beat them four nil, which was a really, really long time ago now, wasn't it? But
3: during COVID.
1: Yeah, yeah, during COVID. Wow. Yeah, I remember Belik scored, didn't he? Cousin Richard scored as well. So yeah, that was. That was a bit of time ago. That was before Bielik's second ACL injury. So we, <laughs> we know how long ago that was. Um, but right, let's get on to our new man. So Paul Warren, everyone's been doing terrible puns. I'm sure this episode has been named terribly. I'm sure I'll do an awful job uh, when I name it after this. But he's the new man. He's he's our new manager or new head coach. Um, I think it might be the first head coach we've had since Stephen McLaren. Uh, which is interesting. Uh, obviously, it's a different role to a manager. A head coach reports to a sporting director. So in actual fact, they're in charge of, I guess, first team affairs. And then you've got other people who work on other things, such as transfers and, and everything else. That's great insight. That is, I'm sure everyone listening appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, anyway. Jimmy, Paul Warren gets announced. He's dropped a division to sign for Derby. What did you think?
3: I think it speaks a lot to the how big we still are after everything that still happened and and this does seem like the type of thing i'm about to say that will get clipped at the end of the season when we finish 20th or something (laughs) it it does show the stature of our club and that we are way too big for league one we should not be in that league if we can still attract players albeit if that you know there might be over the hill in a sense, like Horahan and Goldrick, but they're still quality players. We can attract them from championship teams, and now we can go ahead and attract uh, managers from teams who are, it was, Rotherham were rather than about eighth or something, weren't they? So it's not yeah, like we like were doing badly. We can go ahead and bring him in. Then it just says a lot about how big we still are. And I'm I'm very happy with it. He's exactly the type we need to get out of the, of the division. And I, I'm not too bothered about... His record of relegations with Rotherham because, as I said on Radio Derby on Friday, there's it, it, the, the the resources he had there will be minimal even compared to us under an embargo. And we'll still have the pulling power to get in free agents and loans. And I think he'd probably keep us up without too much of an issue because it's not like the most recent time Rotherham have plummeted down being terrible. They've put up, they've put up a fight and you just think with a bit more quality, maybe they stay up. So I'm quite happy with it. I've got no real reservations over him coming in. And when I saw earlier that it was probably a rubbish rumour about second choice was Darren Ferguson, suddenly Paul Warren seems like an unbelievable take compared to what would have been just the worst possible appointment I can think of, of Darren (laughs) Ferguson. And I hated that. Yeah, it it came
1: out. Dom Dietrich from Radio Derby came out, didn't he? And said, uh feels weird calling by his like official title. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he, he came out and said that there was never any interest and it was all uh, speculation from journalists. So uh, I'm sure we know exactly up. we know exactly what journalists will be uh, will be at fault for that one. But bit yeah, it's mm, bit in paper. Yeah, it's it's an interesting appointment. Um I think it's great for us. And, and Saudi, you've touched already earlier in the show that he's got three promotions and he's won the Papa John's Trophy. Obviously, if he can get us promoted and win the Papa John's Trophy this season, it'd be special, wouldn't it?
4: Yeah, it would be. Well, I mean, get promoters... First and foremost, you know my views on I knew trophy. you'd say that. <laughs> I, I, I I honestly I don't I, I don't care about the FA Cup, the League Cup, or the John's Trophy. I'm more bothered about us getting back into the championship and becoming uh more of a more of a threat and pushing for playoffs again to get to the Premier League like we was. Uh obviously that's gonna be down the line. But yeah, I'm I'm happy with, with Paul Warren. I mean, he's only been at Rotherham six years and he's got three promotions. Only so, six years, <laughs> you know. What you can say that half the time he's he's going up. I know he's going down, but he's going up. And like yeah. Jim said, he's not had the resources to keep them up. He's nearly kept them up, and this season he would have kept them up. Uh, let's be honest, the eighth now, they're playing well, they've recruited well. So, for me, I think Clouts don't get enough praise for this because it was a very, I don't know if I can say that word, um, shrewd move to not give um, Rossellini the job and then come in and replace him with Paul wong Not only that, uh, it looks like he's goalkeeping, assistant manager and another coach is coming as well, which for me, I think really good because it's fresh ideas everywhere. Um, it's complete new managerial team which I hope Resinia stays, but at the same time, it's still freshening it all. It's going to be new ideas, it's going to be new new people, you know, taking training uh, and hopefully they can it can push us on.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I hope so too. And that's a really interesting point about appointing someone external. I'm pretty sure that's the first external appointment of any staff since Philip Cocker came in. I'm pretty sure we've we've appointed internally and promoted internally every single time since he came in, in what, 2019? So for the first time in like three years, we've actually got fresh eyes. And I think it will make a huge difference for us. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's what we needed, isn't it? You know, everyone said this season's kind of our fresh start. And I think this is what kind of rubber stamps that. We've got new people coming in left, right and centre and I think it'll benefit us. But Harry, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I just want to add another point to what um, Saldon said. It's it's um, If you think about it, the team that Rossini has got now, it's him, Justin Walker, who was before just the head of um, the academy, wasn't actually a coach as far as I'm aware. Then you had... Jake Buxton, relatively new, obviously didn't do great as a manager and then came in as under-23s coach and then got pushed up. And I couldn't even tell you who the goalkeeper coach's name is after replacing Shay Givens. So now to have actually have a team of people coming in who are... I don't want, to, I don't want it to come across wrong, but they they're doing the jobs that they're meant to be doing, if that makes sense. Like they're not yeah. just filling the gap They're They're coming in to be the assistant, to be an analysis, an to be the first team goalkeeper coach. And I think that's only, that's only going to benefit us more um, to have experienced people in the jobs like like we've been saying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That I, I completely agree with you, mate. I, I think that's spot on. When you really think about it, we've been down to the bare bones for a long time and, like you're saying there, people like, like Jake Buxton, I love Jake Buxton, loved him as a player. We've seen him at Burton, he was a dreadful manager. We don't know how he is as a, an assistant manager. But these people are getting jobs not necessarily, and, and without sounding bad, not necessarily on merit. You know, They've not got those jobs because they've done a great job elsewhere. They're getting those jobs because they've been promoted internally. You know, They're they probably doing brilliant jobs in the, in the roles that they were doing, but it's the fact that they've been kind of promoted without competition. And I think that to bring lots of new staff members in is great. And I think it will provide, if the staff members we've got here stay and, and go back to their previous roles, that's great competition and experience for them too. Because all of a sudden you've got people, you know, we've talked about academy coaches coaching the first team. If they go back to the academy now, think how much those academy lads will learn and how much the, the coaches have learned from working with senior players for so long you know it it'll make a really big difference and and i think it, it it's a massive benefit and you know we've all agreed now haven't we is it's good it's good to get fresh eyes in it it'll make a big difference and and we've just got to hope that those differences reflect on the pitch um one thing that was brought up i think by you harry um was about the formation that we could play he plays 352 or we've seen in the past now that's interesting because two of our probably best players this season in, in Barcals and Mendes-Lang have both said how much they hate playing at wing-back, uh, which is quite funny when you think about it, because 3-5-2, if, if you're played out wide, you're a wing-back. Um, Jimmy, what what do you make of that?
3: Yeah, it, it's, it's a bit of a worry, because I'd hope that he's not going to try and um, shoehorn a formation onto this team when they're clearly not built for this formation, obviously there's some players that he wanted during the summer, so I imagine he had certain plans for them to fit in somewhere. I, I don't, apart from uh, Osuola, I'm not really sure exactly who the rest of them are. But you'd you'd also hope that he's professional enough to adapt to a team, as well as having the players adapt to him. Because if he comes in and he's like, this is my style, this is what we'll do, then all we've really done is swap Rosinia going, this is my style, this is what we'll do for a man who's just got a slightly different style. If, that it, works, different that style. Well, know, if it
1: works, though, Jimmy, I know it works, it works. I'm, not complaining. <laughs> I'm not complaining.
3: But it works with the right players. So yeah. if you've got players in there who've gone on record, say, I don't like playing wing-back, if you then put on wing-back, they seem professional enough to do their job, but are you going to get as much out of them as you would if they were playing in their proper positions that they want to play in. And I'm sure there's ways around it. There'll be ways to, to get them further forward, to get them into the positions they want to do. Um, and I'd imagine that we wouldn't see him immediately go three, five, two, unless he's privately spoken to all of them and gone, is this all right? And they have all gone, yeah, fine. I would imagine we'll stick to something, maybe a similar formation to what we've been doing, but with, and i've been more direct like the second half against uh, against wickham where we did do that we, we didn't go 3-5-2 but we were more direct so i'd imagine that's what we'll see at least for the next few months
1: yeah yeah
3: harry do we know if if he's actually met the players yet or i'm pretty sure he's on
1: holiday i think uh, he meets him tomorrow doesn't he yeah yeah he went away for the weekend didn't he Yeah, it's all right for some, isn't it? He's he's having a good time. But no, to to be fair, I mean, we we spoke about this um, before, all of us have. It's good that he's coming now. I think it'll be good. You know, we talk about these conversations uh, about telling players positions. He's got two weeks of having every player, Bar, Knight, Hurrahan, Cashin, and maybe a couple of the academy lads too. You know He's got all of them with him and he can work on things, we, he can work on tactics and he's got a chance to really, I guess, put his stamp on the team nice and early. Obviously, he's not got a game to do it in for a couple of weeks, um, but it gives him it gives him a good time to prepare. Um, but we'll have a quick chat just to finish the episode about the lads on international duty. We won't talk about Jason Knight because any Irish people listening to this will be very upset after what happened last night. I'm um, not but,
3: very upset. I'm very.
1: Upset. <laughs> don't don't listen to him. Uh, if, <laughs> if there's any Irish people and any Irish is, people listening,
4: as you can tell from Jimmy's accent,
1: he's uh, born. I knew Scots. that was getting. <laughs> <into it. laughs> yeah, Jimmy's Jimmy's a Scotsman uh, apparently. So he says so. Yeah, but one player that we can talk about is Jason Jason Knight. What am I talking about? Erin Cashin, yeah, uh, <laughs> another young Irish player that we've got. Um. I didn't catch the game, the the under 21s game, but I think pretty much everyone's seen that spin. How good was that sound? Have you seen it?
4: I have seen it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it was very, it was very cheeky of him. And to be fair, that if he's got that confidence to do it, that that's good for us. Really, it takes a lot of guts to to do something like that because he's quite easily could have just got nicked. looked very silly. Could have scored a goal. However, all I've seen from the Irish fans are. Uh, praising how good of a player he is and how much Derby fans have been telling us how good he is and he will be getting a senior cap soon. I just think, yeah, that's that's good. Um, we need him to start opening his performances up a little bit for us now. I, I know that when he broke up to the team, great, fantastic. This season started off really well. William being young, he's going to have a dip. This is his dip. So now he needs to bounce back, uh, sort of so to speak, Um, and hopefully with Chester and uh, Curtis Davis coming back, that might give uh, an opportunity for him maybe to be benched, which he hasn't had that at the moment.
1: Yeah, I I think it'll be interesting actually to see how he he changes his game with the new style of play. If we're not having to play Barcelona tiki-taka out from the back, he'll probably not make the same mistakes he's been making. I mean, if you think back to the mistakes that he's made in the last couple of games, pretty much all of them have been from trying to bring the ball down and, and play the ball. If he's been told, if you're in a, a tight spot, get it out, get it gone, hoof it clear, I think that might benefit him a bit, mightn't it,
2: Harry? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was. I remember watching the Lincoln game with my brother and it was the most frustrating game to watch Is they showed what League One football is like. You just hoof it long, counter-attack, score. Whereas we're trying to do 100 passes before we put it in the back of the net and it just doesn't work. Sometimes you just got to do the ugly stuff. And I think, especially for the defenders, you, you don't need to just take your time on it. Just get it up to McGoldrick, Collins, Barca and get it out wide to Mendez Lang and just let them do the work up there. Because... It gives you heart attacks watching it when when we have it at the back with Davis or Cashin and one of them slip or it goes back to Wildsmith. It's it's not it's not healthy. It's not at <laughs> all.
4: No,
1: it's not. Sad. What were you going to say? Sorry.
4: <laughs> so <laughs> What I was going to say about Erin Cashin is, I do think he's our for a centre back. He's our best passer of the ball.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I, I've I
4: seen I I I have seen him I've seen him ping some diags. That have been pinpoint the, guy, the, guy, the kid can play uh, there's no doubt about that so I do think he's going to make mistakes, everyone's going to make mistakes I don't mind the playing out from the back thing, personally mm, the enough. only thing, the only criticism that I'd have with it is when we do play, we need to move it a bit quicker and we need to be a bit more yeah. when I say a bit more direct, not over the top, straight into the striker's feet and then, because I think that's where we're falling down of um, it's just not moving quick enough going forward. So it's it's all right having the build up, but as soon as it goes forward, it needs to be uh, like the McLaren era of three, four passes. Then it's a shot on goal rather than eight, nine, ten passes. Then maybe a cross, maybe a shot on goal.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Right, usually at the end of an episode, I'd ask for a score prediction. There's no no games for for a little while, um, so what I'll say is, or well, do we play Cambridge? Is that next Saturday?
3: Well, first, I think yeah, it'll be it'll be on Saturday. I
1: think yeah, it is on Saturday. Wow, we can do a score prediction kind of for next week. So Cambridge away. This is a very professional podcast, as you can tell. Harry Cambridge away. What do you reckon?
2: I think the, there's nothing to go off at anything um it's obviously it's going to be Paul Warren's first game don't know the team will go for formation it's still yet to score away from home I think we'll nick it 1-0 there
1: oh, bold prediction um, <laughs> that's some, really yeah. some great analysis there <laughs> <laughs> don't know it's the easier. team will play but we'll win we'll, we'll yeah. be fine, we'll be fine. I love it I love it Jimmy what do you think
3: I think that it would be an unbelievably good feeling to get a score draw. Just to, even if it's, you know, and that's mad say for Cambridge away, but to get a 1-1 draw would feel incredible just because (laughs) we have scored away. A win, I can't even contemplate winning away from home yet, but a score draw away from home, Paul Warren's first game. I'd take that. So I will go 1-1 with absolutely no basis for why I think that will happen.
1: <laughs> Baby steps, isn't it? We, we <laughs> yeah, can't yeah. win too quickly. Salad, <laughs> what do you think? I think we'll win
4: 2-0. Oh, two goals. I wow. <laughs> I just uh, I, I just think that there's there's always a reaction when you get a new manager. Um, we've got the quality. Uh, it do not matter really. We kind of know what team he's going to be picking. We haven't got that big of a squad to not know. So there's going to be players in there with quality anyway. And I just think that it'll probably give him a bit more freedom like he he does with Rotherham and I think we'll end up I think how it'll go is we'll nick an early goal be a bit cagey and then we'll nick one towards the back end of the game. And it'll look like a comfortable win but it won't be a comfortable win. (laughs) that's the worst kind of comfort that's so dark exactly but that's how I can see it going it's going to be hard it's going to be tough but I think that that's how we're going to do it and I think it'll be a great feeling afterwards
1: I hope you're right mate I really do hope you're right uh, and, yeah, I guess my prediction, I, I'm going to go with Harry. I'm going to say 1-0. It's brave to think we'll keep a clean sheet away from home. It's also brave to think we'll actually score a goal away from home. But, you know, if both of those things come true, I'll be very happy. But, yeah, he, a I score just, draw would be nice. Oh, go on.
4: Can I just, can I just point out, when uh, when I did the last prediction for the Papa John's Trophy against, uh, who was it against? Grimsby? Help Grimsby, yeah. I was very close and I think that was only because the opposition scored. So, just throwing <laughs> that out
1: there. I hope you're right again. I hope you, this is where we, we lose, like, 8-2. <laughs> oh we scored two.
4: <laughs> We're not <our> Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But right, lads, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, it's always hard when when we've not played to to find some things to talk about, but it's been good talking about the potential new era. Um, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Uh, if you did enjoy, please do follow the podcast on social media uh, at Rams Talk Pod. Uh, if you want to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anything you listen on, and leave a rating, that would be really, really appreciated. And lads, thank you very much for coming on.